Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. see what number is it it's number 302 and we are live live tonight on sportscaster and on mitsmusings.com so go check it out uh what a week season is over finally the end of 2017 as far as the regular season and for the New York Mets so the rebuilding has begun or will begin. Uh, we have some news. This stuff has happened already. Of course, everybody knows Terry Collins stepped down. Uh, Wathen is not coming back. We'll have more on that stuff later. Ramirez is out. But the news that's breaking tonight is that uh, Mets third baseman, David Wright, Underwent now. If you're a medical expert out there, I'm probably going to butcher this name, but uh, please bear with me. A, <laughs> a laminotomy procedure on his lower back Thursday in Los Angeles. The Mets announced uh, a laminotomy is a minimally invasive procedure designed to relieve a compressed nerve. In the back of the spinal cord, according to the Laser Spine Institute, Wright, who has been dealing with spinal stenosis since 2015, said it was his shoulder, not his back, that derailed his return to the Mets this season. I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders, Wright told Kevin Kernan of the New York Post after undergoing rotator cuff surgery last month. At least now I have peace of mind and hope that if all goes well with the surgery, this is what they thought it was, and that's corrected now. So we will see. Uh, Wright still says he's going to try to come back next year. He said over the summer he has not considered any sort of retirement. 34 years old. He's been limited to 75 games the past three seasons due to issues associated with hamstring, upper spine, lumbers, lumbar, spinal stenosis that he's going to keep the rest of his life. That's not going to go away. And now the shoulder impingement and the rotator cuff surgery. Wow. Uh, it's a lot for a 34-year-old body, and uh, it may be time for David Wright to consider hanging the spikes up, uh, you know, but that's up to him. It's it's not up to us, I, I guess, in the long run, you know. He's got to make that decision. He's got to live with himself. So, uh, he, but it just seems that at that age and with this many ailments to keep, doing this rehab especially rehab is tough and it's tough enough for a normal person but can you imagine somebody that's trying to get back to play major league baseball or any professional sport for that matter it's got to be doubly tough so um good luck to david i mean he deserves every chance that he can get with all he did for the mets over the years but it may be time to uh 
to hang him up. And um, there are a lot of reports lately that uh, a couple of reports around on the Internet that the Mets are quietly shopping Uenis Cespedes to AL clubs. Now, this is something that, that's not a lot out, but there are a couple of reports, and apparently they feel he would be better as a designated hitter. And the report suggests that he's a cancer in the clubhouse, and that's one thing you don't need with young players coming up to have somebody with his cape of status to be a cancer and to poisoning the clubhouse attitude. They did let him get away with a lot of stuff. Um, and uh, it, it may not be the best thing uh, to keep him around. So quietly they're shopping him. They'll probably have to pick up a large amount of his contract. And uh, I guess they're willing to do that if they can move him to an American league club and, Maybe get something of a more valuable piece back. Uh, that's something we're going to have to keep an eye on all winter and see if this heats up, especially around the winter meetings. And, you know, we, we spoke last week about uh, the players ripping uh, Terry Collins and, and uh, the reports that came out. Uh, and everybody knows my feelings on that. And uh, David Wright getting back to David Wright. Uh, he was not too happy with that. Neither was Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce said uh, he's not not happy that some of his former teammates ripped Terry Collins. He said the door was always open. David Wright said the same thing. You may not agree with him on everything, but it's cowardly to do uh, to do what they did and to rip Terry Collins in the paper and of course it's, it's all worked out now everybody's happy it's one big happy family again but still uh i didn't like it and i don't like it and uh we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later because um we have a little bit later on we're gonna have an email and a voicemail and and it's people that disagree with me how can they disagree with me ah just kidding it's gonna be fun i like uh, like when people disagree but uh, they sound like two uh, great peak guys, and uh, <laughs> we'll have a little fun with it later on. Okay, the Mets will begin their managerial search now that they've uh, kicked Terry Collins upstairs. Uh, they're going to look start looking hard this week. They would like to get uh, Bob Guerin and Alex Cora interviewed before they get a little bit deeper in the playoffs. Cora is the bench coach for the Houston Astros, and his name is popping up a lot lately. And, of course, Guerin is the bench coach for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, they'll be starting play tomorrow. The Astros uh, started play today. As they defeated the Red Sox eight to two in their first game in in the uh, league division series, um, and the Dodgers will start. Uh, to, is it tomorrow? I think it's tomorrow. They will start their series with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, Guerin, fifty six, served as a bench coach for the Mets from two thousand eleven to two thousand and fifteen. Prior to taking the same position with the Dodgers, he also managed the Oakland A's from two thousand and seven to two thousand and eleven. The forty one year old Alex Cora began his coaching career this season. 
two early favorites for manager, current Mets hitting coach Kevin Long and former White Sox manager Robin Ventura. Uh, former Met Joe U- McEwing is also Super Joe McEwing is also a candidate to replace Collins, who the team is expected to uh, uh, well, he did. They parted ways with him. And like McEwing, who played from the Mets from 2000 to 2004, Ventura had a stint with the Mets as a player, 1999 to 2001. McEwing, 44, is currently the third base coach for the Chicago White Sox, who he has been with since 2012. And according to Mike Poomer of The Post, McEwing remains close with Mets captain David Wright. So uh, that could have some play in it. Another candidate to replace Collins is A's bench coach Chip Hale, who was here uh, as a third base coach and was a finalist for the Mets managerial job before it was given to Collins prior to the 2011 season. In addition to the above candidates, John Heyman of FanRag Sports uh, lists Former Met Todd Zeal, Ron Gardenhire, Sandy Alomar Jr., Brad Osmus, and Mets bench coach Dick Scott as a potential fit. So a long list of uh, candidates there for this Mets job, and they'll be weighing through it uh, quickly, I hope, and get somebody in place. And they also have to find a pitching coach, as Dan Wathen will not be retained as Mets pitching coach next season, has been offered another role in the organization. The team announced Tuesday the Mets will retain hitting coach Kevin Long and assistant hitting coach Pat Rosla and third base coach Glenn Sherlock, bench coach Dick Scott, first base coach Tom Goodwin, and bullpen coach Ricky Bonus have all been given permission to speak to other teams pending the completion of the Mets' managerial search. Now, if you remember, Noah Syndergaard uh, put out a strong statement in favor of Dan Wharton, but the Mets can't let that um, let that sway their choices here. They have to make do what they think is best for the team, and apparently it's time to clean house, and they wish to do so. Um, so we'll see where this all goes to. The Mets hired Wharton during June 2008 after Rick Peterson was let go as the team's pitching coach. Prior to joining the Mets, he had been a bullpen coach for the Dodgers and a minor league instructor and pitching coach for the Tigers, Padres, and, Man- and Mariners. Uh, according to Mike Puma of the New York Post, the candidates, the top candidates to replace Wharton are Mets bullpen coach Ricky Bonus and minor league pitching coordinator Ron Romanick. Red Sox director of pitcher development Brian Bannister, who pitched for the Mets in 2006, and athletics pitching coach Kurt Young may also be considered for the job. Frank Viola currently serves as pitching coach for AAA Las Vegas and is not expected to be a candidate, according to Puma. Uh, But could Viola be the next bullpen coach? Who knows? Uh, Also, uh, Dave Island, who parted ways with the Royals last week, could be a fit to replace Dan Wharton as the next Mets pitching coach, according to Joel Sherman of the Post. Sherman knows the relationship Island has with Kevin Long, who will be on the Mets staff in 2018 in some capacity. So uh, a connection there, familiarity, and perhaps um, if Kevin Long gets the job, he'll try to get Dave Island in uh, as the uh, – 
the coach, the pitching coach for the New York Mets. All right, let's let's take a break here, and uh, we'll come back with some more news and notes, and um, yeah, and we'll do that and be back after this. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shoftaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the internet today about their teams, but it always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a PhD in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. 516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show. And drop us a line, leave us a comment or a voicemail, question, anything at all. Call that number, 516-619-6341. Or go to MetsMusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen, and that's a speak pipe, and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone. Or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at MetsMusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash Mets Musings and the Twitter handle is at Mets Musings 1. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. Okay, and we're back and some more news. Uh, Mets head trainer Ray Ramirez, as I said earlier, he will not be back though the rest of the training and conditioning staff will remain with the club, including current senior advisor for strength and conditioning, Mike Barwis. So Barwis, uh, he'll be back, but Ray Ramirez will not be. Terry Collins, who got kicked upstairs and, and stepped down as Mets manager, will become the special assistant to GM Sandy Alderson. Uh, the Mets announced that on Tuesday. Tuesday was a busy day. Sandy Olsen had a uh, state of the Mets uh, speech, I guess. And uh, interesting, uh, some of the things that came out of that. And one of the big things was that, of course, Sandy Alderson was, I mean, that uh, Terry Collins was getting kicked upstairs and getting uh, the special assistance job. But also that the um, he, Sandy Alderson, is planning to make major changes to the coaching staff at AAA Las Vegas, he told reporters during a conference on Tuesday. According uh, to Alderson, Terry Collins will play a role in helping to restructure the AAA staff. Now, if you remember, uh, Kev, uh, Terry Collins was involved in the minor leagues. Uh, he was the head of the minor leagues for the Mets before accepting the managerial position. So he knows a little bit about the minors. And he always had a good relationship with uh, Wally Backman. And apparently um, 
Maybe yeah, the, those two sides shouldn't have burned the, bit, the bridges behind them. Actually, Wally was the one that burnt the bridge with the Mets. But, you know, as we're so often we say on this show that keep your mouth shut. If <laughs> There's only 30 major league jobs out there. And, and Wally Backman went on FAN radio and, and ripped the Mets and... and you know, he has maybe would be an opening to get back into uh, organized baseball again. But uh, I think he burnt that bit bridge. I think Sandy is probably a little, uh, you know, thinking twice now about getting rid of letting Wally walk and and not bringing him up uh, to the big club to sit on the bench in September. Uh, who knows? All kinds of things. But uh, Sandy Wallison said he was disappointed with the performance of some of these players and their preparation for playing at the major league level. This is an area I think Terry can be very helpful, so I expect that a good part of his time will be spent in the area of player development, which, of course, makes sense. He's done a job in the past. And uh, it seems like uh, it seems like Alderson is cutting ties with a lot of uh, Oma Manaya guys, uh, and we're talking about like Ray Ramirez, Dan Wathen, Tom Goodwin, maybe Ricky Bonas, Triple uh, A coaches Pedro Lopez, who just got the job this year, Frank Viola, and Jack Voigt, the hitting coach uh, at Triple A uh, Las Vegas, who is very well respected were all hired by Menire and now are either cut loose or uh, free to leave. Dick Scott is the lone exception, though they did tell him he could talk to any other team as well. So Alderson looks like uh, he's trying to get more of his guys in, uh, even in, in Vegas. Uh, so we'll see how this all works out. And I think he may have a point. Look, I, I don't agree with everything Alderson does, and everybody knows my feelings about Alderson. I think they should have made a complete change. I think he should have been gone as well as Collins. But they're going to keep him. So we have to work with what we got, and we have to uh, just, uh, you know, deal with it. Uh, same thing with the Wilpons. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, they're here. <laughs> they own the team. Uh, it's up to us. Uh, we root for the sweater, and you can't control anything else. Uh, John Franco said he may be interested in a coaching position or a coaching opportunity with the Mets should a position become available. Franco, 57, spent 14 of his 20 big league seasons with the Mets, his 1,119 career games pitched, in the uh, in the is an ALNL record, and he is ranked third in Major League history with 424 career saves, and was never even considered for the Hall of Fame. I that for the life of me is uh, completely nuts. I think I, I don't understand that at all. I, I can't understand how they can talk about these other guys, uh, such as Wagner or um, um, Lee Smith, and these other and. And then not even a mention of Franco. And I don't think he's on the ballot anymore because he never got a lot of votes for it. But how can you be the top left-handed reliever in the history of the game? And uh, what did I say? He's, uh, uh, he's third in Major League history with, with uh, 424 saves and not even be considered. It, uh, it's uh, mind-bending. 
but we'll see how that goes. But uh, Johnny Franco interested in perhaps becoming a coach in the Mets system. And look, you can do a lot worse than uh, than Johnny Franco. You know, why not have him uh, come in? Uh, he, he's worked with some of the pitches. And a couple of them even said he's helped him a lot. Jack Leatherstitch, I think it was, when he was here was one that that really uh, b benefited from Franco who told them how to be a uh, a professional and, and uh, that sort of thing you know how to handle themselves on a professional level more so that than not just the pitching um so uh let's see if the Mets take them up on the offer I, I think there's gonna be spots. If they're going to look at the minor leagues, they can probably make changes throughout the entire minor leagues. Uh, might even be uh, they ought to give Billy Brick Jr. a call again because he did a good job with Brooklyn and then was gone the next year. So I don't know what happened there, but, um, uh, you know, that's the way it goes in organized baseball. When you work for a, a, an organization, things go on and who knows. All right, uh, let's take a little quick break. Um, we've got a uh, a long email to cover and a long voicemail to cover, and, and they're pretty similar. So um, we'll we'll skip through some of the stuff, but um, that's the stuff that we're going to hit next. So uh, let's take a break and come back with that. Hey, baseball fans and book fans as well. This is Frank Nappy, author of the Legend of Mickey Tussler series, inviting all of you to learn more about my protagonist, Mickey Tussler, an incredible pitching prodigy who has autism. Follow Mickey's journey as he captures the hearts of fans everywhere with his blazing fastball and indomitable spirit. Please visit Amazon or www.franknappy.com for more information. Hi, this is the world-famous Mr. Brewtown of BrewtownSports.Potomatic.com. You know, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. Plus. Uh, Brewtown Sports, you can also listen to the show at Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and iTunes.com. And we've got the new one. It's called BrewtownRadio.Webly.com. But the one that I'm most proud of being on is BaseballPodcast.net. It is the home of great baseball talk shows. Check it out, my show and all kinds of other programs all about Major League Baseball. So check it out. That's BaseballPodcast.net, the home for great baseball talk shows. The Phillies and Mets rivalry has never been better. Hi, my name is Rich Baxter, and I host Phillies Talk Podcast. I hope you'll join me as we talk all about the Phillies all season long. That's Phillies Talk Podcast at FightinPhillies.com. And now back to Gary Mack and this great edition of Mets Musings. Five one six six one nine six three four one. That is the comment 
voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com the facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings and the twitter handle is at metsmusings1 and uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show check out our patreon page check out the campaign at patreon.com slash metsmusings Okay, and we are back, and uh, let's take this uh, email first. came from Michael T., and Michael, first off, <laughs> it's a long email, so we're going to try to get through it, uh, but I want to thank you for sending it, and I hope you'll, uh, you know, keep in touch and keep listening and send me more emails, even if you are attacking me. No, I'm just kidding, folks. It's not really a, an attack at all. He just he disagreed with some things I said, and that's fine. That That's what the show was for. We don't want everybody just a... Uh, a um in uh, agreement with me but this is uh this is an interesting email though and i have to say right off there's a lot of stuff i can't disagree with what he says uh but let, let's just take it a little bit and we'll skip around and get to some things michael so i apologize that i'm not going to read the whole thing uh, but he starts off by saying, hi, Gary, big fan. However, I have to go right into it. I think you berate Sandy and defend Terry Collins way too much. Um, perhaps I do. I, I, I can't argue with it, but I just felt that a lot of this that happened this season and last year with the injuries and whatnot really comes down on the general manager. Terry Collins could only put out there what he had. And I think this will uh, get to another thing that, that uh, Michael was saying about uh, uh, how Terry has uh, abused the pitchers that he had and used certain guys threes in a, three times, familiar three times in a row constantly, sometimes with large leads. Um, he let Harvey pitch 125 pitches in a five-inning game once in 13, 2013. He let Wheeler throw 114 pitches in his first start of the year in 14. Um, so, okay, I, you know, he, he's ruined uh, Scott Rice, Tim Burdak. Uh, that's what people have said. I uh, can't disagree with a lot of that, but I think he went to those guys because he felt comfortable and he just wasn't getting the players of quality to go to, which in my mind can be partially blamed on a general manager. Remember, I think it was in 15 when uh, Terry had that little rant after a game uh, 
and and said that if players don't want to play, they'll find them. I'll go out and look for them if I have to, but we'll get them here and they'll play. Something to that. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but it was him that I think uh, that got Alderson off his butt. And uh, I believe it was 15, so that would have been when they went out and got Cespedes. The point is, uh, I look, I can't argue with you. He's made some mistakes. Uh, Terry Collins has. Uh, you know, Sandy's done some good things. Now, I will say that some of the things you say, uh, you say that back to Sandy, he got some stuff wrong, sure, but he got a lot of stuff right, too. And then you name a bunch of players. And I'd like to go through that and kind of... Uh, not necessarily argue, but just disagree slightly a little bit. First off, you you mentioned Rosario. Well, Rosario looks good, but the, the, the jury's still out on him. So I don't know if you can say that that was a success. Smith, Dominic Smith, I, from what I've seen, I'm not impressed. And, of course, it was a small sample so the jury should still be out on him to be fair but to put it you know to list it almost as alderson doing something right i i don't know if you can put that in that uh, category conforto i would agree uh that's something right but we don't know how he's going to be when he comes back Syndergaard, same thing uh darno a lot of people would disagree that darno was not a good deal I mean, yes, we got Syndergaard, but a lot of people are disappointed in Darno. So um, I don't know if I'd include that under the, that stuff that uh, that Sandy did right. Uh, Wheeler, you mentioned Wheeler. Well, Beltron's still in the playoffs and is still productive at 44, and the jury is still out on Wheeler, to be honest. Um, Cespedes. Cespedes might have been right in 2015, but now they're looking to move him, I believe. And um, there are a lot of people in the organization that's sorry that they actually signed him. In fact, there are a lot of people that said that uh, that was really Sandy went over everybody's head because he wanted Cespedes back. Uh, Nimmo? Nimmo, I like Nimmo. I like Nimmo a lot, but is he an everyday player or a fourth outfielder? Again, uh, the jury's still out. And uh, then you go on to say they were all brought in on the Sandy. Yes, but let's keep in mind that was De Podesta was here and running the draft. The draft since De Podesta left has not been stellar. Last year was Justin Dunn. We don't know. He struggled this year at uh, St. Lucie. Um, is he going to be a reliever? Is he going to be a starter? We don't know. Anthony Kay was drafted second. Anthony Kay hasn't pitched yet for the Mets. Had Tommy John surgery. Uh, so another question mark. And, and all of these guys are going to have question marks because we just don't know what they have. It's too fresh yet. But, you know, you brought it up in the email. So, um, you know, I'm just mentioning it here. Uh, you go on to say about the R.A. Dickey trade was a good one. Uh, and 
he was right about the Bruce trade, and you said that the, I finally came around to admit it, and I did. Uh, as the Dilson Herrera has completely flamed out, Bruce was and still is awesome. Okay, I I don't have a problem with that. Yes, I I didn't like it, but I also didn't like the uh, the Bruce trade for the fact that it cost them an extra twenty million to re-sign Neil Walker because theoretically they had no second baseman. Now, had the plan been better, especially this year, I would probably would have gone along more with it. Uh, but uh, technically they didn't have a second baseman and tried numerous people there. But um, again, I, I that is on... Uh, that's on Sandy, I think, that that uh, it wasn't well planning when they made that trade, and and uh, that's that's what my opinion is. Um, and you go on to say that Terry uh, doesn't like play, essentially doesn't like to play uh, young players, and he's more uh, for the veterans. And according to some reports, it was only a couple of the veterans he was for, and that was mostly Cespedes and Harvey. And and uh, but he did play the guys when he had. He didn't have a choice. Remember, he did put in uh, Conforto in 2015 and uh, played uh, Smith and Rosario, though that wasn't a tough choice to make uh, this year. But, uh, I, you know, I I, I, uh, I can't argue with a lot of what you said. You make perfect sense, and uh, I do agree on a lot of things in hindsight, but um, I, I just still think... That I, I think if you're going to clean house, you should have cleaned it all the way. Uh, yeah, and Mike goes on to say, I hope the next manager is Bob Guerin. He's saber-inclined, well-respected, done a great job in L.A. He was a clear departure in the in-game strategy when he left. Uh, Thanks for letting me rant, Gary. Like you, I'm very frustrated after this nightmare of a season. Hopefully they turn it around next year. hope the Wilpons open up the checkbooks uh, for one of, or both Mike Pusakis and J.D. Martinez, and I really enjoy your show at work like I do all the other medcasts. Keep up the good work. Love the passion, Mike. And then he puts a P.S. Uh, you know, I have a hard time with the second baseman, uh, number two, Gavin. <laughs> I always say Ciccini. He said it's pronounced Caccini. So, okay. Gavin Caccini and Mike, thanks so much for writing. Uh, believe it or not, I really appreciate it. And, uh, uh, you know, keep listening and keep writing in. And uh, in along with that line, let's listen. Uh, got a voicemail from uh, Leonard. And Leonard's going to, he's got a little picking on me to do as well. Hi, Gary Mack. This is Leonard from um, North Belmore, Long Island. And um, I guess I'm too late to congratulate you on episode 300 because uh, you're this week probably doing episode 302. But congratulations. Uh, I am a, uh, a listener of your show. Enjoy it very much. Uh, but I do have to 
say there is one thing that I don't agree with you on, and I wanted to bring it up, um, is that uh, Sandy Alderson, whereas I do agree that uh, he does have uh, issues as the GM. He has done some things that I'm not thrilled with, but you keep bringing up his age, keep bringing up how old he is and that, you know, you think they should have somebody younger or that he can't do it because of his age. And uh, I don't really think that his age has anything to do with it. I think that, uh, as a matter of fact, his age is uh, is not a hindrance at all. Um, there are other things, his reliance on, uh, as you've said, um, taking players off of the scrap heap um, and, and trying them and seeing if they trying to fit them in place and seeing if they work. And for the most part, they don't, like you said, Sean, uh, Mayberry, as, uh, when he was a cleanup hitter. And, uh, his reliance on power pitching, which, um, is not working out. And these guys are, uh, once they're, they're having these major injuries, they don't seem to come back too well. And, uh, we could, we could cite all these examples. Um, and also his uh his basically lack of defense he doesn't seem to um, care much about the defense, so I agree with you that maybe he's not the man for the job, but I certainly don't think that it's because of his age, so that is one thing uh My opinion is that uh, Omar Manaya um, was really uh never given the credit that he deserved and uh that he should actually have been uh, let to do what he was doing. And I don't really think that they had to change. A lot of these things with the GMs are an instant fixes, and they take time. And I think Omar Minaya was a good evaluator of talent. So, a very disappointing Met season, but uh, as a long-time suffering Met fan, uh, these are the seasons that, we mostly have. Uh, we could count basically on maybe two hands out of all the seasons, the real successful. So sorry, Gary Mack, I got cut off. Uh, the, my main reason to call, this is uh, Leonard from Belmore, Long Island again. My main reason to call was to tell you that I enjoyed the show and um, how it's, it can't be easy to week after week um talk about uh, the team without feeling uh, major depression for the most part. I know we have our moments where we have great years, but they're far and few between. And then I went on my rant. Um, and also just to say that uh, I don't agree as far as Sandy Alderson as far as his age. But other than that, I uh, do tend to agree with you. So, again... Congratulations on what will now be your 302nd episode. Uh, I really enjoy listening, and um, thanks for uh, doing the show. Goodbye. And thank you, Leonard, for listening. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, uh, send that voicemail in. And uh, uh, let's see, uh, age with uh, Sandy. I don't know. Did I? If I did say about the age, I, I don't think I, 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 well, 
I mean, he's only six years older than I am, so uh, maybe I shouldn't get involved in age talk. But I, I just feel like in some ways the game may have passed him by. You know, That doesn't mean he can't do the job at his age. It doesn't mean anything. I just think that sometimes he goes in the wrong direction. And and I think the whole scrap heap thing and the and the the whole moneyball thing, I actually think moneyball is going out the window. I, I I think it's failing and I think I don't understand why uh teams wanna keep going in that direction when it's it's you know, it doesn't seem to be working. Nobody's won. Uh, using that approach nobody's won big time i don't think there's been a team that's won a world series using that approach and again even um even the general manager or president of chicago uh, um oh i can't think of his name epstein uh he's even said that he's backing off a little bit from the sabermetrics because he realizes that uh teamwork and uh, and camaraderie is is just as in, in chemistry on a team is as important as all the sabermetric stuff. So even he's had a um, a revelation, and he is the uh, grandfather or the father of this whole thing as far as the GMs, where uh, maybe the, uh, well, uh, Billy Bean is really the father of it all. Maybe he's the uncle, who knows? <laughs> anyway, um so that's what I meant. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he's too old. He can't do the job. I mean, uh, uh, he has had some health issues with the uh, cancer. So that's something else that you may have to consider as well. But uh, I stand corrected. I, I you know, can't see why he can't do the job at his age. I just felt that the, that at times it seems it's it, it, the game has gone by him and uh he he's not realizing it or whatever you want to call it. um now Manaya, i agree Manaya should be getting a lot of credit Manaya brought in a lot of these guys uh the grom i believe and harvey and all of those guys uh he really should get a lot of credit for uh at the farm system and uh, the stuff that he did, and, and Sandy also should get credit for rebuilding the farm system uh, after Manaya traded a lot of the guys to, to to try to win when he was here. But he should get a lot of credit for a lot of these guys that are coming up now, uh, or, or at least that, that he drafted. And I think he's not, uh, doesn't always get the credit that he is due for things that uh, he, you know, for what went on during his administration. Because it's all overshadowed by the whole Bernazard thing and, you know, taking a shirt off and wanting to fight guys in the minors and all of that kind of stuff. And and I think um, a lot of the good that he did got overshadowed. But that's what happens in these things, you know. And we remember the uh, bad things sometimes when we want to. So, um, but okay, I, I I listened to you guys, Leonard. Thanks so much for taking the time again to make the call. Hope you keep listening. Uh, really appreciate you checking in, and please check in again. And Michael T, you do the same. You keep writing those emails, or if you'd like, 
you can put a voicemail in too, and I don't really edit. You can even ask that. Leonard had a little problem there. He got cut off, and he came back on and kind of uh, recapsulized uh, what he was saying. Uh, but I really appreciate both of you calling, uh, or calling and, and sending an email, just taking the time to listen to the show and uh, to, uh, you know, take the time to comment. I really appreciate it, and I hope that you'll continue to do it again. Well, this week, there was one other shock that took place in uh, Mets Nation when the Mets cleaned out their lockers. A new guy showed up. Well, it was an old guy, but he looked new. And, of course, uh, I'm sure you've all seen the pictures. But, uh, yes, it's Jacob DeGrom. He showed up with a new look, short hair. And if you're looking at the video version of the show, you can see a comparison there side by side of long hair and the short hair on David uh, Jacob DeGrom. DeGrom told GQ last year it took a little over a year to grow out his hair. He said he gets a haircut only a couple of times a year, while Noah Syndergaard typically, typically cuts his hair once every two months or so. Syndergaard told SportsCenter last year that since DeGrom was the originator of the long hair, he thought DeGrom had the better hair, to which DeGrom said, I'd have to agree with that. Now it appears though Syndergaard has the best hair among Mets pitchers, followed by Robert Gizelman. So, um... DeGrom did it. He said he didn't want to cut it the last couple of years because he was, I guess he was afraid that it was going to uh, uh, maybe be like a Samson or a Hercules thing or whatever. Uh, but now he's done it. As soon as the season was over, he went out and got a short haircut. Looks pretty good. Uh, let's see if he lets it grow out a little bit at spring training or if he's going to keep it that way. And, um, you know, at least he'll, he'll be... Uh, He'll be a little cooler when he pitches. Now, some guys have said the hair has been a distraction for the batters sometime because uh, when he's throwing a pitch, they you know you see the hair flying and the arms and the legs and everything. He's a tall guy, so there's a lot of movement going on there. And uh, some of the batters have said that it uh, it's a little distracting. So we'll see whether or not. Uh, whether or not it affects uh, anything with the batters next year. I don't think it will. He's a good pitcher. He's got great stuff. So uh, it will, it will should not make a difference. All right, I've talked enough. Uh, thank you for your attention. Thanks for listening. Oh, one other note. Uh, my good friend, Rich Baxter, his wife has had some uh, medical issues. And uh, she start a uh, she started a GoFundMe page to raise money for some medical expenses, and I hope that you can take a minute and go read her story and donate what you can to her cause. It's I'll put the link on the website in the show notes, but it's uh, GoFundMe www.gofundme.com/slash/jacquelines-dash medical expenses dash fun so uh please check that out and if you can uh, donate a little something please do so uh rich is a great guy and his wife's a great guy a uh, person i should say oh boy all right i'm tired i'm gonna say good night now and uh, tune in again next time and remember 
faith, stay optimistic.